Video Memories Network is brought to you in part by Liberated Syndication. Podcast publishing made easy. Libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Welcome to the Old Time Radio Network Detective Stories, continuing America's love affair with private eyes. We now go back to the early days of radio and our imaginations with our feature presentation. Betrayed yourself. How can that be? I gave you my love. Virtue must be guarded, not given. You promised marriage. You are a serving girl below my station. I am as good as any other. My darling girl, you have them in the palm of your hand. Toby, you must refrain from pickled onion. It does not promote high drama. You must chastise me later. You have been punished enough. There was a time. I was younger then. You must leave now. I shall. But one day, the cruel and despicable act you have committed this moment will return to haunt you. Oh, my God. What have I done? What have I done? Once upon a time in the parish of Leith in the city of Edinburgh there dwelt a tavern-keeper who was an ill-minted man. His practice was, when the mood took him, to haul some old fellow, the worse for drink, out of his place and hammer him with his fists up against the back wall. The tavern-keeper was a giant of a man and though people knew what was going on, they said nothing and the old boys took their lumps. Now it happened that the tavern lay in the purlieu of a young constable and he was sore perplexed at this situation. He could do nothing by law, for no one dared lay complaint against this sadistic, evil snaffler. So the young man pondered, and lo and behold, one night, when the giant once more succumbed to the evil within and held an old fellow up by the throat, he felt a tap upon his shoulder, and there was a hooded figure standing before him. And the figure said, Do you know who I am? The giant shook his head, and the figure said, Retribution. A fist that started from somewhere near the hooded figure's knee wicked up and smashed into the giant's jawbone. When he woke up, the figure was gone. But thereafter, the giant ceased activities and left the city. Never again did the young constable take the law into his own hands. But every so often, the memory of that action, a mixture of guilt and exhilaration, wells up within him and needs a strong drama whisky to be kept at bay. <laughs> I am James McLeavy, Inspector of Police. My parish still is Leith. And I watch it well. 
Listen to that applause. I've heard louder. It is the quality to which I refer. You were sluggish the entire first act. I was digesting. Well, have supper with me tonight. You have so many suppers. I manage the company. I make or break. And plucked me from the gutter of obscurity for which I'm eternally grateful. Great manager that you be, you must have noticed that our audiences are, how can I put it, reducing in number? I have it in mind. Good. And Toby, celerity of queuing, so important, my darling, the absence of which is simply catastrophic. <laughs> like a fall from grace, my dear. Like a fall from grace. Enter. Ah, Inspector. I believe you know Sir Edward Ballantyne. I do. Sir Edward. McLeaving. Uh, Sir Edward has been expounding on a most interesting concept to do with an improvement in the quality to the street life of this area. I would welcome your comments, you being a man who knows the streets well. Uh-huh. I'll uh, be to the point. Uh, the Leith Wines are host to a clam jamfrey of ragamuffins of all ages, children abandoned, wild, their birthright, a life of crime and debauchery. They must be saved from that. Very evangelical. Very practical. It is a waste of resources. They must learn a trade. And how is that to be accomplished? I intend to establish a series of workhouses. The children will be brought there. How? Sir Edward has formed a concerned citizens' committee. We shall pay and employ child officers. And will the officers employ force? If necessary. Once the children see what lies before them, they will be grateful. And how do you catch them? Throw a net? Now, now, McLeavy, there are many in authority who agree wholeheartedly with Sir Edward. Ah, oh, you mean Mrs Roach is on the committee? Yes, indeed, she is. So what do you think, McLeavy? I think it is our laws and usages which produce these children. It is them we need to change. Oh, you are an idealist, Inspector. I work in the real world. No, I'm real enough. It is you who pursue an idea without regard of consequence. You are too close with vice to recognise any other way of dealing with it. How so? Your friendship with Jean Brash, for instance. I am no friend of hers. She keeps a bawdy house. If we take the girls off the streets, she loses recruits. She loses a source of income. And you gain one. The scheme will go ahead. Good day, gentlemen. Good day. If I catch one of his officers using force on my streets, I will throw him in the cells. Well, let us hope it will not come to that. Committees are great things for using up the time. I noticed when you were wrangling over Jean Brash, Sir Edward's complexion became somewhat blotchy. She tends to bring blood to the surface. Well, what's your opinion? It's a heart. I know that. What do you think of it? You'd hate a bit of tone, Mistress Brosh. Wait. Well, Hannah? Is it back to front? Certainly not. The point is, might I be seen in a piazza of the Eternal City with this upon my head? What's a piazza? It is a square, where one dines al fresco. Aye, right. My... Companion tells me there is great competition amongst the ladies of Rome. I do not intend to be found wanting. Unlike your companion. You know nothing of him. I know he's married. Otherwise there'd be none of this skullduggery. And? Betray one, betray all. Have you betrayed no one in your time? I was a whore. 
commerce only. I think it's time you went. Prepare the girls for our lunchtime clientele. As you will. But I wouldn't have put trust in men. They're lower than a dog's belly. Why do I put up with you? You know I wouldn't betray you. I know you're still here. That's me. Gone. Excuse me, my man. I'm not your man. I'm Constable Mulholland. Mulholland? My father had an Irish setter so named. I require, my dear sir, to address someone in authority. I'm in authority. Someone higher. In Mulholland's mind, the only person senior to him is God. You are he? No, Inspector McLeavy. Splendid. You'll do. I wish to report a death threat. Not a surprise, is it? Not at all, sir. Not to myself. I am Toby Gascoigne, actor-manager at the Parade Theatre Leith. I thought they'd closed that place. Infestation, was it not? Oh. My touring company has opened the doors once more and made of it a great success. But, gentlemen, success breeds envy. My star lady, Belle Chambers, has received a most hideous letter. Promising death. The letter appears to be written in blood. Do you have this letter? Miss Chambers holds it. She can bring it in, then. Miss Chambers is a delicate, fragile artiste. She cannot come here. No need, Mr Gascoigne. My men will go to her. Lieutenant Roach! But surely, is this your domain? Surprising, is it not? Uh, convey my best regards to Miss Chambers and assure her the matter will be investigated. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I know Miss Chambers was so honoured by you and your companions' visit these two weeks back... A fine body of officers. Yes. I must away. A matinee calls. Lieutenant Roach, come again, sir. Come again. And, Inspector, my star lady will await your arrival. Knock and the door will be open, sir. Knock. I didn't know you were a backstage visitor, sir. And was Mrs Roach alongside, sir? She was in committee. While you were out committing... Miss Chambers struck me as a very talented and sensible young woman. If she is worried over this letter, then the matter must be scrutinised. Are you sure you wouldn't like to tackle her yourself, Lieutenant Roach? Why keep a dog and bark on your way? Ah, great to be on the saunter. That wee holiday back home did me the world a good. Ah, yeah, but he gets leave except me. Even Roach, at Easter time, off to the Isle of Skye. It rained all the time. Good. Ah, but he except me. I'd take time off, you'd fall in pieces, sir. Some truth in that. What kind of life do I have, eh? The kind you've chosen. What are you doing with your wrist, Mulholland? Fly fishing, sir. Uncle Timmy taught it me this last visit. You have many uncles. Not really uncles, sir. Just... Visiting my Aunt Katie. Ah, the fishing. As good as a religion. Like police work. Dan Sweeney! Hold your step there. Daniel! Back on the street and dressed so fine. Business must prosper. I won at the races. I wager you did. Dan here has been a guest of Her Majesty some years now. At last returned and cut like gingerbread. What's it to you? Ellen Patch. You've grown up. You look just like your mother. Let's hope you don't end up in the same place. You put her there. I have no quarrel with you, Inspector. Leave me be. Have you been grazing on turnips, Dan? Not a pocket have I picked, and this watch my own. And see the time. Come, Ellen. We shall dine at the club. Does he never say anything? 
The constable is an observer of human nature. Looks like a lang streaky misery to me. Come away, Ellen. <laughs> Don't mock the poor object. We'll meet again, Daniel. I think not, Inspector. The places I frequent are far beyond your means. <laughs> a very droll fellow. Oh, from a wee boy. He was always clever enough. But he comes from a long line of criminals, and he is weak, easily led. That girl will lead him till the hook's in. Uh-huh. Who knows what he could have made of himself otherwise? That's not our job, sir. No, it is not. People break the law, and then we throw them in the jail. It's their choice. Not if Sir Edward Ballantyne has his way. He will haul these young renegades off our streets and brand them with goodness. And what do you think of that, sir? It's a dangerous course. I'm dying now. And I write this to you with the last of my strength. The only happiness I ever had in my life was that long time ago when I thought I knew your love. Oh. Would you be wanting a bite to eat, Sir Edward? Um, just bread and cheese, Mrs Johnson. That's not much for a long day. It will suffice. Can I be bold with you, sir? We've known each other long enough. You read that letter every day. I do indeed. You've not been the same man since it came through the door. What would you have me do with it? The fire's blazing. So it is. Perhaps you are right. See, I stretch out my hand, and it is gone. But the words remain in my mind. I will. I'll get the bread and cheese. I wish I could forgive you, but I cannot. Perhaps death will heal the wound. <laughs> Toby can exaggerate so. For him, life is just one long drama. May we see the cause of this exaggeration? May we? You will see that I have been described as a daughter of Babylon, mm. that I bathe in corruption, mm. that my body is body steeped in, in sin, sin, and so on. Mm. Have you received this like before? A star attracts admiration and its opposite. I'm sure, Miss Chambers, you attract a great deal of admiration. Thank you, oh. Constable. <laughs> I would normally pay little heed, Inspector, but it does appear to have been written in blood. Uh-huh. And the letter was stuck to the wall in this very room, one of my hat pins used, with considerable force. So it could be someone in the theatre. One of the company, perhaps. Unlikely, Inspector. Uh, does this um, character you portray, does she, uh, how can I put it, emit sinfulness? Not at all. Innocence personified, most cruelly used and wickedly seduced. Seduced? In what manner? For that, you must see the play. I'm sorry, I was listening behind the arras. Belle, my dear, we must prepare for the matinee. Gentlemen, I am sorry, duty calls. Collect the evidence, Mulholland. I shall have this letter examined in detail. I would expect no less. Constable, to go in your little bag, two complimentary tickets for this evening's performance. Oh, very decent of you. Come along, Mulholland. Let us not get involved in the drama. Right you are, sir. And, Constable... I would not have you think I am easily seduced. One is only acting a part. I'm sure you are, and must be all the time, as it were, on your guard. Mulholland! On my way, sir. 
You have the constable confused. Young men are easily confused. Pity about the hatpin. It was rather expensive. The perpetrator must have had no taste. Half an hour, ladies and gentlemen. The half has now been named. How I loathe matinees. They interfere with my other pursuits. And your other pursuits interfere with the company wages. My company. I do what I please. This very night, enter into this place and you enter the palace of iniquity where the Lord dwelleth not. Where is your shame? You shall be on your knees in church, not crawling on your belly like a snake to gaze upon wicked, sinful women who flog their bodies on the stage. Did you hear that, sir? I know the man, Jupiter Carlyle. He may be found at odd times in front of most theatres in Edinburgh. But the language, just like the threat, it could be him. Or someone who has listened to him. In the meantime, since this is your idea, you may take me to this palace of inequity. The auditorium was partly lit. The gas flame no doubt hid a wealth of imperfection. A few gaudy chandeliers glittered above. The stage curtain was worn and scarlet. Shabby patches, not even the bad light could disguise. I was reminded of a tinsel world where the slightest touch of reality would rive the curtain and shatter the chandeliers. The house was only half full. We were in the stalls where the, well, if you could find them, respectable patrons sat. Above us, the gods, where a rowdy, drunken bunch bent on mischief held sway. I had let myself be persuaded by Mulholland to attend this evening's performance as part of the investigation. But in truth, I was curious to see how Belle Chambers acquitted herself on stage. Something in her cool insolence, the mocking glint in her eye, the sense of a sharp intelligence hidden behind such a beautiful face. All that was like a younger version of someone... I knew only too well. MacLeavy, is it really you? Jean Brash, I might have known. Hannah, can you believe this? And the handsome constable is real. Oh, my luck's in the night. <laughs> <laughs> MacLeavy, I didn't know you were a disciple of Thespis. Nor I you. Oh, I could surprise you with my leanings. And we got free tickets. So did we. They must be papering the house. And see, we're the same level. Policemen and body housekeepers. I prefer the term entertainment provider. Aye, right. Constable, come sit aside me. There's room enough. Find where I am, thank you. Oh, he's shy, Hannah. They are, at first. (laughs) (laughs) Dear me, that's a rotten apple just landed on your head. (laughs) Don't shake it. You'll get the mess all over us. Who threw that apple? It must be some woman the inspector's disappointed in love. <laughs> I warn one and all, jettison no more fruit. Ah, but it was a good shot. I couldn't miss a heat like that. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen Patch and Dan Sweeney, is that you up there? I know all your names and faces. I'll crack your skulls together. Sit down, sir. You're making an exhibition of yourself. I'd no idea the theatre was sick around <laughs> I will have silence! Oh, sit down, MacLeavy. You're what? the one that's making all the noise. <sighs> Curtain up, sir. <sighs>
But how can I believe you? Because my love is constant as the stars. Promises are easily made. Not mine. Let me hold you. No, please. You are the master's son. And you are beautiful, Mariah. Oh, Jonathan. I cannot resist you. You are too strong. You have me in your power. Hold me. Hold me forever. No good'll come of this. I'm inclined to agree, Hannah. Doesn't she walk in grace, sir? Like a cat in the moonlight. What's the matter with you, mistress? Nothing. Shh. One more scene, and that's us for the first act. Set in a barn. I don't like the sound of that. It'll be easy. You've seen the mark. I've seen him. Nothing can go wrong. Anything can go wrong, Ellen. I can wind him round my finger. I don't doubt. I'll play the helpless wee girl. I distract and you strike. It's risky. I like risk. Fires the blood. And you like me fiery, don't you, Dan? All right, I'll do it. It's the finale! Come on, everybody! When the heart is broken, there is no need for life. I look into your cruel face, your cold eyes, and my heart breaks. I kill myself for love. Oh, my God, this is terrible. Calm yourself, Mulholland. But the poor girl stabbed herself. With a false dagger. How else could she perform the next evening? Oh, right enough. Will you two be quiet? She lies dead. And I live. Her love was so great. And mine so treacherous. I cannot bring her back to life. But... I can join her in death's dark veil. I have a draught of poison to hand. And now... I die! Two crimes in the one minute. What? Suicide is against the law. Curtain down. Curtain up and there they are. United in day. That's the way. You're not applauding, Jean Brash. I find life stranger than anything you can get on the stage. It's late, Jamie. Off you go home. I'll make my way from here. Aye, Sir Edward. (laughs) What in the devil's name? What are you doing here, lassie? I'm starving hungry, sir. Nowhere to go. They say you're a friend to the poor. I am a demanding friend. Whatever you want, I shall do. Don't crouch before me like an animal. Stand up, girl. I have no strength. I I throw myself upon your mercy, sir. Here's the soup, sir. Thank you, Mrs. Johnston. You may retire now. Are you sure? I am. Good night. Good night, sir. Here. This will raise your spirits. You're most kind, sir. No like others I've known. Drink up. Thank you. Oh, it's hot. 
Good. But I prefer coffee. What? I'd rather have coffee. Drink your soup. Oh, don't be angry with me, sir. It's very good. Is it hen broth? You must tell me how you've uh, come to this pass. It's a long story, sir. Tragic. Well, we all have tragedy in our lives. But no you, sir. Even me. <laughs> oh, Sir Edward. <laughs> Do you know Ken who stands before you? Well, Inspector, fame at last, eh? What? A banner headline, theatre star threatened, Inspector McCleavy to the rescue, sits through performance to guard Miss Chambers from a possible murder attempt, and so on. What? Let me! The Inspector's action averted a calamity in the making... <laughs> Who has invented this drivel? Obviously yourself. You are forever complaining about being unappreciated and have decided to inspire favourable comment in the press. Wait. Wait, of course. I know who did this, and I know the reason why. There is nothing in the middle of the morning quite so satisfactory as a cup of Earl Grey. I see from the paper our next port of call is a top London theatre. Never believe what you read in the paper, Belle. Written in blood be damned. I beg your pardon? I've had the letter examined. Some false compound, stage blood, I'll wager. Gascoigne, you tip the wink to that rag of news. Why would I do that? Now your empty seats will fill with people come to see if the great McCleavy can stop your star from being killed on stage. You die every night. Gascoigne, you will regret this. You would make a splendid Othello, sir. Othello be damned. Inspector, the lieutenant sent me after. A real death. Suspicion of murder. Who? Sir Edward Ballantyne. Has he been to the play? Ugh. Come on! We'll settle this later, Gascoigne. Your humble servant, sir. A real death adds to the mix. More ballyhoo, more audience, more takings, more horses to back. You are Narcissus, Toby. Looking in the pool, all you see in life is your own reflection. Body's rigid, sir. I can see that. A girl brought in last night... Poorly dressed, and the housekeeper only got a glimpse. She could have done it. The housekeeper? No, the girl. Poison. Stretched out her hand, sprinkled it on the soup. Save the drama, Mulholland. Well, here's a fact. The housekeeper said Sir Edward received a letter a few months back. Read it every day. Not the same man. Was it written in blood? I think not. Every day, sir. Where is this letter? Burnt, sir. To a crisp. The post-mortem revealed no trace of poison, at least none that could be found. It would seem that Sir Edward had suffered a heart attack or some kind of seizure. But what provoked it? There was also no trace of the mysterious young woman. The housekeeper confirmed she had a strong local accent but could add no more. Between a young woman and an old man, there is always the prospect of untoward activity. Had that caused the fit? There are worse ways to depart. Whatever. We had nothing to go on. 
and though Lieutenant Roach might wring his hands over our lack of results, we could not even be sure there had been a crime committed. When nothing seems to be happening, I take to the streets. And so I went on the saunter with the piscatorial Mulholland by my side. The pavement was teeming with young riffraff of all kinds of description, and I wondered if Sir Edward's death would call a halt to his plan for the enforcement of virtue through kidnapping. In the meantime, our footsteps led us up the hill to a place where sin begins and virtue ends. The Just Land. Jean Brash's whimsical appellation for her body hoose. As we reached it, a figure came out and slammed shut the iron gates. Now, do you see who that is? I do indeed. Why here? My thought entirely. And in some fizz, judging by the way she's lopped the head off that daisy with her parasol. I'll beard the lioness in her den. You dog the other. But why, sir? Because I'm nosy, Mulholland. I'm a nosy man. Surely you don't object to following that back view? Certainly not. Then do so. Go. No need for vehement. Go! Go! Right on, right on. Go on. Jean Brash. It always amazes me how this beautiful garden hides so much sinfulness. What are you doing here? Ah. I see you're set for coffee. Help yourself. A dainty invitation. <clears throat> you had a visitor. Did I? What did she want? None of your business. Oh, of course. You're both to the same trade. Are we now? Mm. Entertainment. You seem... unsettled, Jean. Did you get across each other? As I said, none of your business. But I shall find out. You may tell me when I return. From where? The penitentiary? Italy. I may send you a postcard. Italy? This world of ours so small, McLeavy, so petty-minded. Yourself a representative of same. I intend to broaden my horizons. Mistress Brush, I've found a glass eye under one of the beds. What do I do with it? Suck it! Hold your step, harlot. What did you call me? And upon her forehead was a name written bubble on the great abomination of the earth. Out of the way, Scarecrow. Have you no shame? I have a parasol out of the way. I stand before you with the strength of the Lord. I called on his wrath upon your head. Oh, you, oh, you struck me a Jezebel. And I shall do so again. Oh, yeah. Let me go! How dare you smite the Lord's anointed? Take your hands from that young lady! Oh. Now, get up that street and out of here before I throw you in the cells. No one strikes at Jupiter Carlisle! On your way! The Lord will have vengeance! The man's a maniac. Are you all right, miss? My fault. I was hasty-tempered. I should have ignored him. What, what good fortune you were passing this way. Uh, yes, indeed. The working of fate... I must go to my dressing room and compose myself. Tonight is the last night. Constable, I, I have two tickets here, I wonder. Oh, it would be an honour, Miss Chambers. So, we are no further on in the Ballantyne case. Not at all, Lieutenant. <sighs> Mrs Roach is by no means satisfied. 
Mrs. Roach? She has taken the death somewhat personally. What of this wretched girl? Disappeared into thin air, sir. Can we not reverse the process? A crime has been committed! You're the banner headline. You deal with him, McLeavy. A crime! And I can point the guilty party. An easy mark, eh? I took the chance! But I was seen, and I have most to lose. Are you packed and ready? Aye. Come on, then. Daniel, Daniel, on your holidays? A man can do that. A mark was dipped at Leith Races, a young woman pressed against him, all sweet favours, a tug of the pocket, the purse gone. What's that to us? Actors and policemen, they share one aptitude, observation. His description matched you down. The purse, Dan. Ransack me where I stand. You'll find nothing. Then Ellen has it. Touch me and I'll cry deforcement. We have female searchers at the station. Come on, Dan. The game's up. <sighs> Get him, Ellen. Here. I hope it chokes you. Thick enough. Theatre takings. We'd watched him. He fancies the young girls. Ellen was to distract him and I... To delve. You know what this means. I do. But do you think you'll mend Daniel Sweeney by the jail? I don't expect so. Then why send me there? It is my trade. What about mine? Bred and born. I have as much right to break the law as you do to uphold it. Take him to the station, Mulholland. Shall I cough them, Inspector? I doubt there's need. Where are you going, sir? That's my business. Hey, McLeavy. I'm glad I threw that apple. It was a fair shot. Goodbye, Daniel. Goodbye, Inspector. Enter and abandon hope. Is that biblical? Dante, the Divine Comedy. Speaking of which, I have returned to the unworthy Mr Gascoigne, your theatre takings. It will end up at the bookmakers. No racing tomorrow. Then we have hope. To abandon. May I sit down? Of course. You must excuse me if I prepare myself. Why did you visit Jean Brash? What did she say? Mind my own business. <sighs> there you are, then. What did you talk about? The weather. You have pretty hands. Thank you. I observed that when Mulholland announced Ballantyne's death, they wrapped around your teacup, white-knuckled. Jean Brash was right. Unlike most men, you are not so stupid as first appears. I'll take that as a compliment. Do you like stories, Inspector? Meat and drink. I shall tell you one. In strictest confidence. Meaning you will deny it after. And you will have no proof. Do you accept the offer? I have no choice. The story, please. Splendid. It begins with the words... Do you know Ken who stands before you? I do not. What mean you, girl? Perhaps if I wipe the dirt from my face and strike a certain pose. I'm told I'm her image. Oh, God preserve me. I hope not. Mary Chambers. My mother. And you, Sir Edward, my dearly beloved father. I, I, I was not to blame. Of course not. 
A pretty servant girl. She was there for your convenience. It was not like that. I, I was fond of her. Such loving fondness. Such sweet seduction. Oh, she knew more than I. Like a spider. She drew you in her web. No, it... it, it I was young. I knew no better. You knew enough to get her forced upon a train to London and told never to return or she would be thrown into an asylum. That was my father's doing. For 25 years, she lived a black and bitter life. On her deathbed, she charged me find you and take vengeance. She wrote to me. She died blind and raving. I wrote to you on her behalf. Why? In God's name, why? It amused me. A game. But now the game is over. You stabbed her with your betrayal, and with this dagger from the grave she stabs at thee. This solves nothing. Retribution? Vengeance? It is mine. I did nothing wrong. Two keepers of the hell gate. One is sin, and the other is death! <laughs> and so I stabbed him. With a false dagger? Yes. I meant only to frighten him, but he fell. So, I departed. You did not think to help him? I left that up to God. Where does Jean Brash come in? On stage. She recognised my mother in me. Twenty-five years ago, Jean would have just commenced her chosen profession. Whoring. How did she know your mother? That is not your business. You caused a man's death. Everything is my business. Half an hour, ladies and gentlemen. The half has now been named. The man died of natural causes. His own guilt killed him. Divine retribution. You killed him. Prove it. Do you feel no remorse at all? I'm an actress. You'll never know what I feel. Um, most kind of you to offer, Constable. Oh, my pleasure, sir. Good fortune that Mrs. Roach has so many committee meetings. Yes. Uh, she seems to have taken on the mantle of Sir Edward. I'm hoping there will be some dreadful calamity abroad soon to distract her attention. Now, there's a curiosity. What is it, sir? Over by the pillar. Is that not McCleavy? It is indeed. Surely he's not become a secret admirer. Well, not unless it's the way a pike admires a smaller fish. For some reason, in the auditorium, the atmosphere was charged. A knife edge. I'm told last night's can have that effect, as if something will never be seen again. Bell Chambers was on fire. It was like a stick of lime had been burnt in the gas jet to give a single brilliant beam which followed her everywhere. Her skin seemed translucent, an alabaster membrane. No matter the piece was poor and held uncanny echoes of her own life, she transfixed the audience, and occasionally myself, with her depiction of purity and innocence. In one speech, where she declares her love for the unworthy man before her, the silence grew in that fool house till you cut it with a blade. And then it was cut by the sound of death. Ye smite the Lord's anointed! Ye suffer the Lord's vengeance! Oh, my God, he shot the star! Come on, Mulholland! Helm and ye Jezebel! Come not near, ye infidels! Let loose that pistol! The Lord provides! Out of the way, sir! 
Don't die on me, my darling. Save it for another plate, Toby. Out of the way, you. I must protest, sir. Out of the way. Now, if you'll permit me, let's have a look, Bell. I doubt it's not good. I, I doubt you're right. What a noise it made. An old snap gun. A miracle. He hit you. Divine intervention, eh? Oh, at least... At least you could have let me finish the speech. You know? You should have been my father, MacLeave. You would have kept me dis and discreet. You'd have been too clever for me, Belle. <laughs> oh, no. No, that, that cannot be. You must move me. What? Uh, I'm above the curtain line, see? When they bring it down, I shall be in front, on stage. You must always die behind the curtain Belle, line. Belle, this is not pretense. You must move me. You're not fit. She's right. It's bad luck. These people are all mad. Here. Here. Uh, uh, no. Is that better? Let me see. Yes. Yes, that's better. They can bring down the curtain now. They can bring down the curtain, McCleavy. And then she died. Properly positioned. Poor lassie. Her mother, how did you know her? Mary Chambers was... Mm. In London they would go by the name of Dolly Mops. Servant girls who augmented their wages by other activities. Ah, on the streets. That's where I met her. Always thought she was a cut above. When I told Belle all this, she flew into a rage. So in the affair with Sir Edward, the mother was not an innocent. Who knows? Even whores can fall in love. Did you think that Belle had something to do with Sir Edward's death? I wondered, and I wanted to warn her. That I might get on her track. One more question, Jean. Go on. Italy. Are you really going? I am. Where? Rome. That's a holy city. I'll fit in nicely. Will you be on your own? I'll let you know. In the postcard. When we examined Carlyle's pistol, we found it held together by rust and clogged with dirt. A wonder it did not blow up in his hand. Yet the bullet somehow found a path straight to the heart of Bell Chambers. Divine intervention, she said. Or was it just an accident? Who knows? Or was it more likely fate? <laughs> and I'll wager Jean Brash will not send me a postcard. Or if she does, there will be no stamp upon it, and I shall have to pay postage. Or if she is absolutely going to Rome, should someone not warn Pope Pius Ninth? Someone should, but not me. I have enough on my hands. I think of these people, Belle, her mother, Ballantyne, that idiot, Gascoigne, Carlyle, the bullet, Belle Chambers. They float in my head like a play. I must avoid the theatre. It breeds bad dreams. Retribution. The tale is done.